The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. under the physical and the emotional toil with this global pandemic. 
pandemic is just a part of it. There are so many other things in our lives that just weigh in on us and cause this, this pressure to seem to just weigh so heavily on our shoulders that seems to sort of drive us closer and closer into the, into the ground, into the dust of the ground. But you know that that kind of weariness and burden that impacts almost everyone is not just produced by heavy workload. It's not just produced by busy schedules. Now that constant emotional and physical stress brought about by things like worry and anxiety, of fear and insecurity, of guilt and hopelessness, you know, these sorts of things, that we, we see that they're just having a, a huge toll amongst our society in present. And even today, even amongst us here, gathered here, there are those in our, in our, amongst our number who are feeling the incredible weight and pressures of these things. You know, there's been a huge rise in, in mental health conditions across society, in substance abuse. And it's just telling that you know, these things are arising because people are just, they're just unable to cope with the present situations that they find themselves in. You know, the, uh, the, 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 the appointment books of psychologists and psychiatrists and counsellors are suddenly being overwhelmed by the sheer volume, the sheer volume of people seeking help to cope in the midst of the trials and pressures of life. Uh, the uh, pastor and author, Alistair Begg, some of you might have heard of him before he puts it this way, he says, Modern man has become like a giant Humpty Dumpty who has fallen off the wall of life and finds himself scattered in pieces. And all the king's horses and all the king's men just can't put Humpty back together again. It's so true of our society, isn't it? A children's wrong and yet so relevant Because what we need is a remedy to that which ails us. To that which ails all of us. And a remedy, which is effective in providing the rest and restoration we so deeply desire. And it's into this context that Jesus steps in and he utters these compelling words, Come to me, all who are weary, who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus' offer is the offer of rest. And the passage makes this quite clear. Twice Jesus refers to this, this, whole, this aspect of rest that he offers. Now, I don't know what comes to mind when you think about rest. For many people, it can be, you know, a rest is, is a ho- it equates to a holiday. Or maybe it equates to perhaps sleeping in or, you know, sort of being able to just have a, a really kind of lazy day at home or maybe curled up on a, on a couch with a good book or something like that. But is it just the ceasing of activity? Is, is rest just that or is it more than that? You know, so often we associate rest with leisure with leisure activities. Yet surely that cannot mean what Jesus alludes to here because he says, in order to find this rest, we have to take his yoke upon us. Now the yoke was a symbol of 
of burden and work. So what is then the rest that Jesus is talking about? And one of the things that has sort of really captured me as I've read through this passage this week, as I've meditated upon it and, and, and thought through it and prayed over it, has become more and more apparent that the, the main issue that Jesus is dealing with here in this passage is, is the matter of man's self-sufficiency contrasted with the grace and sufficiency of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is inviting people to exchange the yoke of their own self-striving. This continued chasing after things that we think will bring us peace and rest, not just for our bodies, but in the very depth of our being, the very core of who we are, that will give us a peace of heart and a peace of mind. For which, of course, we're never able to achieve, no matter how much we strive. Jesus wants us to exchange this yoke of self-striving for, for His yoke. Whereas we join with Him and as we learn from Him, we discover that He is indeed a gentle and humble in heart Saviour. So when we understand His love and His provision for us, we see that His yoke is easy and His burden is light. And we find this deep, wonderful peace and rest for our souls in Jesus. And just as a bit of a side this morning, um, particularly for the ladies, if some of you might be familiar with a, 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 an author called Ruth Tao Simon. Some of you might be familiar with her. She's written a book that's, that's called When Striving Cease. You know, last year I recommended a book called Gentle and Lowly by a guy called Jane Orban. And a number, no, a number of you actually sort of took that up and read through that. And I, and I know that you know, from talking to a number of you, you really found a lot of encouragement in that. Ladies, I think you'll find a huge amount of encouragement in this book uh, this year. A book for you to, to perhaps look up and, uh, and perhaps grab a, a copy of and read through. Now this rest, this rest that Jesus refers to has many aspects. And I'm going to focus just on two of them this morning, two of the main ones. And I hope that you'll see that as we look through this, <clears throat> that we'll see that we will never, ever, we'll never find the rest that we're after if we continue to trust in our own self-sufficiency and not the sufficiency of our Saviour Jesus Christ. You know, as we read through this, this passage, particularly in its context, just with a, a little bit of Bible study, it quickly becomes apparent that the rest that Jesus is referring to here primarily is a salvation rest, a deep-centered peace and contentment that comes to our spirits, that comes from the, the knowledge and the experience of being reconciled to God and all that that entails. As, as, as I said, we read through the immediate context of this passage points us to this fact. You know, in the preceding verses, you've only got to go back to, to Matthew 10. Matthew recounts for us various responses to Jesus and to his ministry, to his preaching, to his miracles, to people's response to, to who Jesus' identity really is. Now, in chapter 10, we see Jesus sending out his disciples, warning them that he's sending them out as sheep in the midst of wolves and that they'll be hated because they are Jesus' followers. And later in that chapter, Jesus speaks about that, you know, that anyone you know, who, who receives him receives the one who sent him. So we can see Jesus' emphasis here on, on the fact that he wants people to receive him. And that word receive 
actually means to believe in, to put our faith and our trust in him. In chapter 11, the imprisoned John the Baptist sends some of his own followers to Jesus just to confirm if he truly is the promised Messiah. And Jesus says to them, you know, go back and tell John this. Re- report to him all that I am doing. See that it is indeed uh, a fulfillment of the scriptures that speak about the Messiah who was to come. And I am he. After that, Jesus speaks to the gathered crowd and he chastises them for their unbelief. Their unbelief in terms of John the Baptist's prophetic ministry, but particularly about Jesus' own personal ministry. And in chapter 11, verses 16 to 9, we see that you know these people, they just, they, they, they're just not pleased no matter who God sends them, whether it be John or whether it be Jesus. These people just will not respond because their hearts are hard. And in the verses just preceding the one we're in this morning, Jesus talks, he denounces the people in the towns where the people who had witnessed the mighty works of, and, and the, the powerful teaching of Jesus, places like Chorazin and Bethsaida and Capernaum. We know that Jesus himself actually resided in Capernaum. What a, an incredible blessing to be a, a, a person who lived in that town, to know that Jesus was your neighbor and yet not recognize him as the Son of God. They just would not believe. And when we come to, to verse 25 of our passage this morning, we see it. We see this, you know, Jesus speaking to this whole aspect of belief. Where he says, he begins by thanking God the Father, the Lord of heaven and earth, the one who is sovereign over all that he, that, that God himself has hidden the truth about the kingdom and its king, that is Jesus, from the wise and the understanding but has instead revealed them to little children. Literally, the word means babies. And what, we, what Jesus is essentially saying here is that this knowledge of salvation, this knowledge of, of salvation to be found in Jesus Christ, God's offer of salvation is not to be gained through human wisdom and understanding and reasoning. No matter how clever and no matter how educated and no matter how, no matter how logical and no matter how reasoned and no matter you know, how talented we are, we cannot know the truth about God and His Saviour unless God Himself reveals it to us. And God has chosen to reveal it to those who are humble. And those who realize their own lack in power and in wisdom. He chooses to reveal it to those who acknowledge their own dependence upon something or someone other than themselves. In other words, Jesus is talking about people who are willing to humble themselves. Parents, you know full well how many times your children come to you each day and ask you something. Or beg you for something. Who wants something from you? These children are so dependent and they've got no qualms whatsoever in coming to you and asking you for what they need. They recognize that they have needs. And this is what Jesus is saying here. That we need to be like children in this. Be humble enough to recognize our own need before God. That we don't have what it takes within us. We need to 
to come and humble ourselves before God, recognizing that He is the one who is indeed the Lord of heaven and earth. We've been reminded this morning in our children's talk of the fact that Jesus supplies those needs abundantly when when, when we fall short. And every single day we know in ourselves that we fall short, don't we? All the time. It doesn't matter who we are or, or, or what we've got or what resources we've got. They're never enough. We always fall short. We always look at ourselves and we see ourselves. We just don't measure up. And Jesus says, the key to finding rest, the key to finding this salvation in God, the key to finding the acceptance of God and the the, the provision of God in our lives is to come first and foremost and to humble ourselves before Him. In Mark 10, 15, Jesus states, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. This whole section is about recognizing Jesus for who he truly is and believing in him for salvation. To enter into a relationship with him, to know that we are the children, the treasured children of God, um, redeemed, rescued, restored, forgiven, cleansed, lifted up in him. Another clue that points us to the fact that Jesus is speaking here about this this offer of salvation, this salvation rest, is that he he speaks about burdens, being burdened down. And and if you turn over to Matthew 23 and verse 4, you'll see that word burden is brought up again by Jesus. And he's speaking about the religious leaders and he says in verse 4 of chapter 23, they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on people's shoulders like a yoke, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. Jesus is saying here the religious leaders, the religious system of their day puts this heavy burden on people. And all of these man-made religious laws you know, are held up in order, you know, if you do this, then you'll know that God loves you. You'll know that God will bless you. And so they, they lay these laws on people, you know, seeking God's favor and his, and his blessing. And Jesus says that it is a yoke, it is a burden that just weighs people down. And, and, and the religious people won't do anything to, to alleviate that yoke from them. But Jesus says, come to me and I will lift that yoke off you. Folks, we've turned religion into this series of, of do's and don'ts. We've turned our relationship to, you know, with God into this, I've got to do this, I've got to achieve this, I mustn't do this, I mustn't do that. We've turned our whole relationship with God into this kind of relationship and all it does, folks, is just drives us further and further and further into the ground. And Jesus is saying, that's not the answer. Religion is not the answer. A striving in man's own strength and our own wisdom is not the answer. The answer is found in Christ. I 
Isaiah chapter 15, 57 verse 15 says this. God speaking through his prophet says, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. Speaking of God, says, I dwell in the high and holy place. Jesus says here, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, God alone dwells in that high and holy place who is indeed Lord of all things. And God says, I dwell in this place and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Folks, the secret to finding rest in Christ is that we need to humble ourselves. We need to be contrite. We need to recognize our need for God. Not just in forgiveness of sins, but for every single aspect of our lives. And folks, I know as Christians, and I know it myself, that we're really, really good at saying, yes, Lord, that I believe the gospel, I believe that it is not salvation by works, but salvation by faith in Christ alone. But I stop there and then each and every day I try to live in salvation by works, trying to do everything I possibly can in order to please God and earn his favour. And you know what? It's a, it's a road that will continue to, to rob you of joy. It's a road that will continue to grind you into the dust. Jesus says, it's to me you need to come and rest in Know that I have done it all already. I have secured all of the blessings of God for you. You are indeed the treasured children of God, loved by God. God could not love you any more than what he does now, regardless of who you are and what you've done. great theologian Augustine put it this way. He says, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. Each and every one of us were created by God for him and for his purposes. And it is God's pleasure in Christ to reach out to you with his love and his offer of salvation and say, come to me. I know you are laboring and weighed down by all your burdens. I know that you are weighed down by this constant self-striving in your life. Jesus is saying, stop, stop, and just come to me. Know that my sufficiency is all that you need. In fact, we will not find peace in this world or the next. The other aspect I want to focus on today is, a, is, is, is what I've referred to as a, 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 a companionship of rest. Okay, there's the salvation rest, but there's also this companionship rest that Jesus offers us. I think it's summed up in that saying, you know, a burden shared is a burden hard. Have you ever heard that before? Jesus says in coming to him, it involves taking up his yoke upon us and learning from him. As I said before, a yoke was, was, was a symbol of work and burden, but not just 
invitation from Jesus is to come and be joined with him and to serve him and learn from him. So often, you know, when we find ourselves under pressure in our lives, Jesus is the last resort. And instead, he needs to be our first. We so often balk at, at so much of Jesus' teaching that we're, as I said before, in, in, in plenty of times preached from this pulpit that there are certain areas in our life which we're happy for Jesus to come and be Lord over, but there are a number of areas in our life that we refuse to allow him to be Lord over, that we refuse to humble ourselves, that we refuse to be obedient to him in. And if we continue in that, in that kind of vein, we will never, ever find the rest that we so desperately seek for in our lives. This invitation from Jesus is come, be joined with him, to serve him, to learn from him. And the reason Jesus says you can trust me in that is because of who he speaks of, how he speaks of himself in his character. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Why? For I am gentle and lowly in heart. Jesus is not an evil and ruthless taskmaster. Instead, he is gentle and lowly in heart. If you've read that book I was speaking about earlier that I recommended last year, you'll know that, that Dane Ortland unpacks what it means, what, it, what Jesus means by this, that he is gentle and lowly in heart. He goes on to speak about the fact that Jesus is meek, that he's kind, that he's gracious, that he's understanding. And quoting Ortland, he says, the posture most natural to him, that is Jesus is not of a pointed finger, but of open arms. And that Jesus is lowly in heart means that he is humble and accessible. He isn't so high and mighty that he's unapproachable and aloof from us, but he is approachable and welcoming. And this should utterly amaze us, that he is so gracious, so merciful, and so loving to sinners such as us, that he is so meek and kind and understanding and and humble and welcoming towards us, even when we are at our worst, should amaze us. And we should stand in awe of the love and the kindness and the goodness of our God in Christ, extended to us in his invitation. Jesus doesn't really point fingers, but opens up his arms and gives us the time and time. When we, when we begin to grasp the extent of Jesus' love for us and of, of, of the gracious provision for us, his gracious provision in reconciling us to the Father, making us the, the special objects of his affection and heirs of all the eternal promises that belong to Jesus, then we cannot help but want to take that yoke, his yoke upon us, because as we do, we find that it is indeed an easy burden and it is a light burden. The Apostle John, speaking of this in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3, says, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. What John's referring to here is that he said, it's like serving those we love. You know, we're willing to make sacrifices and we're willing to do the hard things for those we, you know, for those whom we, we truly love we're happy to make those sacrifices 
And why? Because we do love them. And in making those sacrifices, those things are not a burden because we do love these people. Parents, you do it for your children. You do it for people, you, you do it for your family, you do it for those, those people in your lives that you truly love and value and appreciate. And when you serve people in that way, you don't see it as a burden. Folks, the existence of Jesus calls us to is, is not one of burdensome and drudgery, one which the devil wants to continually impress upon our hearts and, and try to convince us that God isn't good that his ways aren't good for us. It's always been his way. Right the way back to the garden we see that with Adam and Eve, trying to make them doubt God's goodness. And so his, the life that he calls us to is not this kind of life. Yes, we can expect to encounter hardships and pressures and trials and difficulties. But in the midst of them, we can rest confidently in the peace and the comfort of knowing that Jesus is with us. That Jesus is with you, and he stands there with you, willing to offer, to, to help carry your load. Now, this, this imagery of this, this, this yoke, you know, in, in Jesus' day, in that agricultural world, they knew full well what a yoke meant, that the yoke was placed upon, oftentimes upon two oxen, and, 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 and they would often pair a, a more, an older, more mature, stronger ox with a, with a, with a smaller, you know, um, less mature, like a, 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 an ox in training, so to speak. And this yoke was, was placed upon them. And as the yoke was placed on their necks, it was shaped and fashioned so that the, the yoke fit perfectly to the shape of, 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 the, of the oxen's neck. But the one that was taking the bulk of the burden was the, was the older, more mature, stronger ox. And the younger one that walked beside learned from the older one as they plowed the fields together. And this is the picture that Jesus is, is trying to get us to understand here that, that, that we, as we take on the yoke of Jesus on ourselves, that, we are, that he is with us there in the midst of it. And he takes on the full weight of that burden. And so for us it becomes a light burden and an easy burden to bear. And it only starts to become a, a difficult burden when, when we start to, to, to pull against it and we start to you know, rub against it and we start to you know, sort of try to, 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 to go our own way instead of following Christ. And so many of us today, we feel just that, don't we? We feel the, the strains and that we feel that the yoke is uncomfortable and we feel that it sometimes weighs us down. And when we're doing that, we've got to, Jesus calls us back and says, why is that? It's because you are trying to take the lead. You are not resting in me, but you are you're caught up in this self-striving, this hamster wheel of life in which you run and run and run and run and never get anywhere. And we're able to see life through the perspective of a relationship with Jesus, we begin to understand. We begin to understand that He has us. And that this life, this life is just temporary. And we begin to see the, you know, life through the perspective of this relationship with Jesus and taking His yoke upon us and learning from Him. We begin to see, we begin to have this eternal perspective. And the things that once held importance for us, they begin to diminish 
in the light and the glory and the hope of the Lord Jesus and what he offers. And folks, when our lives are shaped or become shaped by the knowledge that we belong to God and that he loves us with an everlasting love, that he will never abandon us, that he is indeed working all things together for good for those who love him according to his good purpose. When we start to remit to, to be to, 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 to understand the knowledge that there is nothing that can separate us from his love, that there is no, indeed no condemnation for those who love Jesus, we start to, re, to, to then begin to see that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. And as, as these things shape us, as these things shape us in our minds, they begin to shape us in our lives. Why does Paul refer, you know, in Romans 12, he says, you know, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your minds. It starts here. It starts with that knowledge of Jesus, and it plays out then in our, in our lives for him and with him. And that's why, folks, Bible reading is so essential, so essential to our growth, so essential to us finding this rest in Christ because we find Jesus in the pages of the Scriptures. And we need to allow them to point us to Him. Because it is in Him that we find true rest for ourselves. The ever-sufficient Savior. I was talking to Carl a bit about this last night sitting on the couch and one of the things I've been Jesus has just really been impressing upon my heart afresh just in these last few days particularly is the fact that you know as Christians we can so often fall into the trap of thinking that our Christian faith is based all around stuff that we do It is, isn't it? Our Christian faith is based so much in our minds and our hearts in what we And Jesus says, come to me because I've done it all already and rest in all that I've accomplished, in all that I have for you. So how are you feeling this morning? Are you feeling weighed down, labouring, weary and heavy laden by all of the trials and the pressures of life? Are you tired of always trying to be enough? Are you tired of, of always, in your own mind, let alone anyone else's, of not measuring up, of trying to always gain approval from, from others, to gain approval even from yourself, but ultimately approval from God. Are you tired of all these things? Jesus says to you today, come to me and you will find rest. Take his, take Jesus' yoke upon you afresh today and be willing to learn from him. You will find that he's indeed a gentle and lowly in heart saviour and you will find rest Recognize your need. Humble yourself before him and find that rest in Christ. Let's pray.
that's not easy. And we struggle with that. And so we ask today that in your grace and in your kindness and your mercy, Lord, that you would help us to come humbly before you again this morning. Lord, to lay it all down at your feet, at your throne, Lord Jesus. To lay our sin and all that burdens us there at the cross of Christ. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.